0: Well, back to the regularly scheduled program after a week off. I'm glad to be back and doing this. Glad that New York Giants football is back, everybody. This is the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't already, comment as well, five stars on Apple Podcast, share this out, do all the good stuff. We're still counting down uh, to 800 subscribers. I feel like we could get there by the end of the year, maybe even by the end of the month. Uh, A lot of good stuff coming your way, of course, on the channel as we keep going through the offseason, the MLB, you know, the Giants, the Jets, um, Boys and Big Apple, a lot of other different things as well. So uh, we'll keep you updated in terms of content, but appreciate those that have been supporting Um, Shouts to Dash once again for coming on Tuesday's show and, you know, really breaking down the Giants first half with me and, you know, once again shouting out my channel because I had him on. So we face the Texans this week. Uh, obviously, I do have a loyal supporter in the chat, Tony Clark, who uh, is a Texans fan. So I actually have a bet with him. And I'll say that right now before we go into the first thoughts and everything else on uh, a couple of reminders as well. So the bet between me and Tony and Donald as well, uh, because Donald is a part of this channel. He's a Giants fan, is that if the Giants win, Tony's logo on Twitter and YouTube has to change to a New York Giants logo, vice versa. If the Texans win, we have to have Tony on for his own segment on Monday show, and uh, we have to have a Texans logo in the right corner where we usually put, you know, a Big Blue of the Bronx logo, Boys in the Big Apple logo, whatever. Um, so unfortunately, this week I do not have somebody to interview i don't have somebody to discuss with this is the first time since probably last year i've ran into that issue it just seems like a lot of people and you know maybe it's the unattractiveness of the houston texans no offense texan fans but it just doesn't seem like a lot of notable people cover the texans and i usually do a deep dive like i'll go into youtube content creators i'll go into sb nation i'll go into fan i'll go to last word on sports it just seemed like you know, either their Twitter DMs were closed, they couldn't get back to me, or, you know, they just didn't have any social media at all, so, unfortunately, we will not have uh, an an interview this week, and podcast is probably going to be a little bit shorter, but I'll try to make it a little bit longer, so we stay, you know, around the 30, 40, maybe even 50 minute mark if we do get there, so, coming off of a buy, um, you know, we do have a couple of players coming back, hopefully within the next few weeks. And I'm not going to go ahead and say this game is going to be 100% easy, but it's a favorable opponent in terms of, you know, the Giants winning. I think we all know that. Uh, they're like four and a half point favorites as of right now. This is a team that's in limbo a little bit. Um, they do have some nice pieces. Brandon Cooks, uh, Jalen Petrie. Jerry Hughes, Damian Pierce, is the most notable one. So it's gonna be interesting. We'll talk about it a little later if Brandon Cooks actually plays. Um he was listed this week with a wrist injury, and we'll get into the injury report in a second, but he didn't play last week because he wasn't happy over the fact that he wasn't traded. And, you know, it would be a Giants luck sort of thing to have Brandon Cooks not play against the Eagles, but he plays against the Giants. And I don't remember the last time he played us i want to say it was new orleans 2016 somewhere along those lines um but the giants could very well end up eight and two before facing dallas and listen you know you can make your cases about opponents and all these different things but trust me i would love to be eight and two man we'd be one way away from officially having an over 500 season um, I know there's flexes possibly down the line in terms of scheduling, maybe prime time, whatever. But uh, the Lions, I think, will put up more of a fight. We'll talk about that, obviously, next week. But we got to go through Houston first. And, you know, Houston kept it competitive in the first half with the Philly Eagles. Um, obviously, things dropped in the second half. Davis Mills, you know, he threw an interception. I mean, it was more in garbage time. But uh, let's go to the injury report. So... Brandon Cooks uh, mentioned the wrist injury. He is questionable. Neville Hewitt, linebacker, hamstring, he is out. Jerry Hughes is a go, Uh, just some rest during the week. Malik Collins, defensive lineman, chest injury, he is questionable. Nico Collins, wide receiver, second-year man out of Michigan, Uh, he is questionable. Philip Dorsett is a go with an ankle injury. Jaleel Johnson, defensive lineman, uh, he had an illness on Wednesday, he's fine to go. Damian Pierce, a chest and a shoulder injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday, but full go Friday, and he's a full go for this game. Uh, Jalen Reeves, been the linebacker, groin injury. He's going to uh, most likely play. I mean, he was full for uh, the Friday practice. He's questionable. And then Justin McCray, he had a concussion and he went to uh, practice find the full week so he looks like he's gonna play on the Giants side it's a little dicey but the New York Giants as compared to the last few weeks where we've had like six guys that are out it's only two this week Daniel Bellinger with the eye injury you know hopefully he's doing well obviously he did that one interview where he said he still has some double vision which you know I can't say it's a good sign but you know he's Sounding confident. Maybe I'm overconfident, but he's sounding confident in his return eventually. Uh, I would save him for the Cowboys game, Washington game, Eagle game. Because, like, that one of those three, he'd come back in. And, you know, I don't want to say once again that the Lions or the uh, texans are easy opponents but those are harder opponents those are your divisional rivals and you would love to have a reliable uh target in daniel bellinger back and healthy for that time but once again his vision has to come back uh to a normal form and just his eye overall and he's gonna have to play with a visor i mean a lot of receivers play with a visor but i mean that was just a scary injury right there evan neal knee injury he is out did not practice all week uh, I would possibly see him coming back against the Cowboys. Obviously, this bye week uh, really gave it a good rest for Evan Neal. Obviously, he um, injured himself against the Jaguars. So they said, I think, four weeks. So it would be uh, the Seahawks, the bye week, the Texans, the Lions. So maybe the Cowboys. And then, you know, after that, maybe Washington as well. Uh, they have a tough D line. You move into some questionable guys who are trending to play Cordell Flott. Um, I'm interested to see how much time he gets, and I think you could play him in the next two weeks. They, you know, these teams really don't have too many threats at wide receiver. Um, I still think it's going to be a challenge because he struggled in week two, got injured. We all know what happened after that. Uh, he's got a calf injury; he's questionable. So you know, we'll see. Will they play him and even amount with? Uh, Fabian Moreau. Will they put him in the slot with Nick McLeod and Darnay Holmes? It's gonna be interesting. Uh a guy I've criticized a lot. I'm gonna try to have some fan confidence in him, and that's Kenny Galladay. He's got a knee injury, uh, but he's trending towards playing, and it seems like he has a new embraced attitude. Maybe uh the coaches were like in on him in week three when he said, you know, give me the ball. I need targets more and all this other stuff. Uh now it's just comp- you know, just totally changed because You know, he's on a winning football team. And, you know, a lot of players could just sit here and say, look, I got paid $72 million and I want the money. I'm going to get the money, but I'm not going to really play as hard. Or, you know what, I care about my own stats, not the team's stats. I don't care if they win or not. Kenny Galladay, as of right now, isn't like that. Even though I've judged him harshly over the last few weeks, um hopefully he's at least somewhat of a factor during the game you know where the defense focuses a little bit more on Slayton Saquon Barkley and Wendell Robinson they move to Galladay a little bit more and their secondary actually is pretty solid uh we'll get into the stats later on but I think that's the best part of their uh defense is the cornerback room O'Shane is quad injury he's questionable he's trending towards playing as well um you know obviously with the aziz injury he's probably going to factor in in terms of pass rushing uh i think he could possibly get to the quarterback this week you know we'll see how he is with the injury but you know he's also been a little bit improved in terms of the running game we saw him uh do make a couple of plays against the baltimore ravens in the running game so hopefully you know he helps out because jihad ward Kayvon thibodeau tamon fox those guys are not playing 100 of the snaps. And also, I find it interesting as well, uh, we'll talk about this a little later, or maybe even after the stats and talking about players and stuff, the Giants have 51 players on the roster, and they could get two easily off. So, um, you know, they could activate guys if they want to. They could um, take guys off the practice squad. Like, it's going to be interesting. Has Landon Collins showed them enough in the last two games? He has no activations left. You know, has he shown him enough the last few games where, okay, you have earned a roster spot. Um, But obviously with this McKinney injury that I discussed um, on the Boys and Big Apple podcast, obviously the the Dash episode was recorded on Sunday, so we really didn't get the news till Monday. Um, But obviously that hurts the Giants a little bit. They're going to use Julian Love, Jason Pinnock, uh, Dane Belton. So maybe Landon Collins does factor in. Um, McKinney's out for four games at minimum, so we'll see. Um, Richie James concussion. Hopefully, he is not punt returning, but it looks to be Adoree Jackson, which I'm a little scared of, and I'm not going to lie to you, but if Cordell Flott's coming back, take the risk anyway. I mean, Adoree Jackson got hurt against the Packers. He wasn't punt returning. He was playing corner. So, you know, also as well, if you want to combat that, Jabril Peppers tore his ACL last year punt returning, so... Uh, I would rather maybe throw a guy out there like Khalil Pimpleton to return punts. He did that at Western Michigan, I think. I don't think it was Central Michigan. I remember I said it was Central Michigan. (laughs) I think it was Western Michigan, excuse me. Um, I would rather throw him in there, to be honest with you, because, hey, listen, that's a way he could earn a spot on the roster in the long term. And then Marcus Johnson, thumb injury. He was limited in Friday's practice. He's probably going to be a go. All right, so now we move into the stats and the analytics. Uh, we'll start with the Texans first. In terms of total yards per game, uh, let me just pull this up real quick so I don't misquote anything because um, I don't want to do that at all. But in total yards per game, they're 29th, passing 26th. Uh, when you look at their rushing offense, well, I'm not lying when I say this, though damian pierce is you know a bulls-headed running back they rank 25th in terms of run offense and that's not very good uh even though pierce pushes and pushes every game and you know he honestly could be one of the offensive rookie candidates you know for offensive rookie of the year um but statistically they're not very good in that category but that's their focus of the offense. That's what the New York Giants are probably going to lean towards defending. Um, They're also 28th in points per game. Now, defensively, not very good. In total yards per game, they are 30th. They are 19th against the pass, 32nd against the run, and 19th in points per game in terms of a defense, You know, scoring defense and all that sort of stuff. When you look at the analytics, 15th in pass percentage, 18th in run percentage, 26th in pass percentage on first down, and 10th in run percentage on first down, so... You know, the Giants are probably going to fill that box with a couple of good tackling safeties and linebackers. I expect Michael McFadden to really get some good snaps in the second half of the season. Um, you know, we'll see where Tay Crowder is. I expect Jalen Smith to play this game. I think this would be a matchup that's suitable for Tay Crowder, but at the same time, you saw a lot from Micah McFadden uh, before the bye week in Seattle. I would not bench him. You know, I know it's a week in between those matchups, but... Uh, the iron, you know, strike it while it's hot. Then you look at the defensive analytics, 23rd in blitz percentage, 17th in pressure, and 17th in sacks. Now you take a look at the New York Giants, 24th in total yards per game, 29th in terms of a passing offense, 5th in Rushing offense, 22nd in points per game. Defensively, 17th in total yards per game, 16th in passing yards per game defensively. So 16th in the pass defense, 25th in the run defense, and ninth in uh defensive points per game. You look at the analytics, 29th in pass percentage, fourth in run percentage, 31st in pass percentage on first down, fourth in run percentage on first down, uh, first in blitz percentage, thirteenth in pressure percentage, and twenty-second in sacks. So things to look for for this game like we always go over um pounding the run is going to be one of the things to look for um you know here's where it could be a toss-up between that and maybe sticking more of a passing game for the new york giants we noticed against seattle both ways that both run defenses were bad but there was like nothing um saquon had a rushing touchdown and sort of Kenneth Walker, but I think Barkley had 53 yards. Kenneth Walker had something in the 60s, 70s maybe. I mean, I think they only allowed like 87 rushing yards total, which is good. Um, but it just tells you automatically, oh, well, you know, it's not necessarily so common sense. You got to run the ball down their throat. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And another example is Carolina was very bad against the run in week one. Against the Cleveland Browns, and what happened in Week Two? They bottled us up in the first half. In the second half, we started getting some more yardage. Uh, Saquon still had over 100 scrimmage yards that game, but it just says, look, it's a week-to-week, uh, you know, operation in the NFL, so it's not going to be redundant. All this run defense is bad. You know, the Giants' run defense is not good, but against the Seahawks, they didn't allow too many yards. Against the Bears, they didn't allow too many yards. Same thing could be said against the Packers. The Ravens, they got shredded. Same thing could be said for Jacksonville. So, once again, make your case with that. Um, When I was talking about the passing game is, I think Mike Kafka towards the second half, and it's a tough ask, but I think he's going to want to utilize the passing game a little bit more, whether it's through Saquon, whether it's through Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Wondell Robinson, some of the other guys we have on the roster. Um, But I think in a perfect world, and I have some outsider, insider thoughts, not necessarily in terms of sources, but I have some thoughts on, you know, the whole Daniel Jones situation. I'm not going to give them on here because it's a, you know, game preview. It's not necessarily an assessment. Um, If you want to find out anything on Daniel Jones, you got to put it more in his hands. Uh, Obviously, the first half was mostly dominated by the run. See what you can do. Uh, obviously they elected to not trade for a receiver which honestly you know it's not necessarily a problem of mine um you know it is what it is right uh, better that they stayed home with all the picks and traded a receiver that didn't want to be here rather than trading for a receiver and that not being you know a long-term solution or just for this year but i think either way mike kafka Brian Dable, they really wanna see what this passing game could look like. And it really hasn't been good, but you gotta find ways around it. You gotta scheme around it. You gotta scheme these guys open. Uh third down has been really good to the Giants this year. Now I haven't looked up stats and third down percentage. Um, but I think that's where they get most of their success, which is, you know, you got your third down in longs and they're playing some zone defense, they find holes in the zone. That's a first down, but against man coverage. Like a team against Seattle, uh, that didn't work so often. I mean, Daniel Jones had 13 passing yards to end the first half, which isn't necessarily ideal. So there's a reason to look at more of a passing game from the Giants. Uh, I would like to see, once again, whether Brandon Cooks plays for the Texans. I mentioned the thing about Giants luck earlier, um, because that could determine, like, will the Giants lock up Brandon Cooks? Will they not lock up Brandon Cooks? Will they let him run free? What's the story there? I think Adoree Jackson could lock him down easy. um, Not necessarily easy, but I think he could lock him down. Um, but uh, with that being said, we got to see if he plays first, right? You, you can't lock down a ghost. And then one thing to watch is is the secondary and jerry hughes's emergence now last game he had two sacks on jordan Mailata, who was quote unquote one of the best tackles in the league and he still got some burn to him um you know i wanted him in the off season because i know we didn't have a ton of edge help we didn't know if we were going to get tibbs or you know some of these other guys and jerry hughes was from buffalo i said so i said you know what this kind of makes sense for the new york giants um i don't know if that he would fit the uh three four system that we were running but hey listen you know why not throw him a one-year prove-it deal and looks like i don't know what his contract situation is but he's proving it to uh the houston texans right now being their sack leader and then we'll talk about secondary in terms of players to watch which is next uh damian pierce i mean he once again has a head of steam gonna go to his stats on the year real quick um he is i believe second in yards after contact so the giants better get him uh while he's just coming out of the backfield that goes for the defensive line that goes for jalen smith that goes for tay crowder that goes for michael mcfadden Landon collins if he's activated uh so you know just catch him while he's in the backfield now he's got 678 yards on the season uh five plays over 20 yards three touchdowns, four point six yards per carry in a total of eight games. Um as I said, catch him while he's in the backfield. Now he's only fumbled twice. Uh he didn't lose any of those fumbles. But once again, with that being said, catch him while he's in the backfield. Don't let him run off for uh, you know, a twenty yard gain, a thirty yard gain. Um I don't think he is the type to take it all the way from like a fifty yard distance or a a 40-yard distance, but, you know, my expectations could be very off. Um, So, Laramie Tunsell's another guy. I don't know his stats on the season. I think he's given up one sack. I don't know the pressure percentage or the pressures, uh, but he's still one of the best tackles in the NFL. He's only given up one sack. He's got four penalties on the year. Um, He's been that solid guy for the Texans ever since they traded for him from the Dolphins. Um, You know, he's just been a solid... Stone in left tackle. Um, and the Giants, it's going to be interesting because the Giants do not have an established edge rusher. Even if Aziz was going up against them, I think Tuncel would win it. So, kind of like, um, you know, Kafka scheming up for the receivers to get open, I think Martindale has to scheme up for paths. In terms of the edge rushers getting to the passer. And, you know, last game you got a lot of interior pressure. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, you know, he wasn't as active, but Leonard Williams was also there. He got a sack. And I'm looking for that to happen again because their interior isn't very good. But their tackles are better. Uh, Titus Howard's at least solid. Tunsil once again. So, you know, I don't think Kayvon's going to have too many winning reps against Tunsell. Uh Same thing would be said for a guy like Jihad Ward. Maybe you could fool him on like, I don't know, just like a stunt or something, but he's a smart football player and he's been in the league for years. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting. Jerry Hughes, talked about him earlier. He's got a total of 19 tackles on the year, 12 pressures, seven sacks. Um, played in all eight games this year, seven quarterback hits, seven tackles for a loss, a forced fumble and interception. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a game wrecker, But he has more sacks than he's had in the last three years. You have to go back um, to his Buffalo season in 2018 where he had seven. And he's going to eclipse over seven sacks uh, this season. I have full confidence in that. But he does play on both sides. It's not like he's Josh Allen where he plays all, you know, uh, just one side. No, that's not the case. Plays a little left tackle little right tackle. So Tyree Phillips filling in for Evan Neal is going to have his hands full. Um, Phillips obviously probably saw him just a little bit um, with the Buffalo Bills. But, hey, listen, you know, new team, new position. We'll see what happens. Now I'm going to bounce into the secondary. I don't really think there's a lot of, you know, linebackers to cover for their team, at least, you know, some key names. I'm going to go through three secondary players. The first one you have to go through is Derek Stingley uh obviously the hot topic in terms of rookie cornerbacks right now is sauce gardner undoubtedly uh but stingley statistically has had a a solid season one interception 62.7 completion percentage allowed 400 yards he hasn't given up a touchdown yet uh one pressure a sack and a 78.9 passer rating so not that bad um he's accompanied by two other corners that have had a solid season each desmond king who's former titan he's a former charger He's played with a couple of different teams. Uh, He was also a punt returner. I believe he still is a punt returner. Um, He's given up a completion percentage of 70.6. He has an interception on the year. Only given up uh, 94 yards and a passer rating of 59.4. So, once again, very solid stats. He also has one pressure, 37 tackles. And then Steven Nelson, who we saw last year with the Philadelphia Eagles, the year before with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, he's been around the league a little bit. But this year he's having once again a solid season. Fifty-four point three completion percentage, one touchdown given up. A hundred, excuse me, uh, hundred ninety-one yards given up in coverage, and a sixty-seven point seven passer rating to go along with two pressures, a sack, and uh, thirty-six tackles. And you know, I know there's only two players on this list out of the three that have sacks. But hey, listen, uh, look for the defensive coordinator, Lowry V. Smith is you know a defensive minded head coach. So look for him to possibly tell the defensive coordinator, you know, throw in some pressures uh, from DBs, right? You know, test this offensive line because outside of Andrew Thomas, you have Azudu who's very inexperienced. He's still learning the game. John Feliciano, who is average at best. Lewinsky's been kind of a disappointment. And then Tyree Phillips, who's taken over for Evan Neal. So, you know, once again, I would look for them to scheme up some pressure rather than just win off the edge um questions answer I'm gonna go with one first before we get to all this stuff who do they fill up the two roster spots with um you know it could be Landon Collins I would definitely think someone on the defensive line could be Ryder Anderson uh, Justin Ellis Dexter Lawrence Jad Ward and Leonard Williams that's what the defensive line room looks like um they obviously had that one dude from the Ravens come in I think it was Aaron Crawford and then he got cut um but they also have henry mondo they can activate i think he's been activated twice already if i'm not mistaken so he might be out of activations but actually well you use those two spots so you decide is mondo better or is anderson better and i happen to believe that in my opinion Ryder anderson is better now do you look at the defensive backs room and you know do you think you need an extra safety right now there's three safeties there's julian love there's Dane Belton there's Jason Pinnock so you're going to be rotating those guys in obviously Wink Martindale Again, certain opponents will run three safety sets and especially down at the line of scrimmage as well especially if they're playing a very good run defense but you know Dane Belton and Julian Love I could trust them in run defense I don't know if I could trust Pinnock yet because I haven't seen him uh, we haven't seen him too much on defense so there's that you could probably Pick Landon Collins off and say, listen, we're going to you know, put you on the roster for right now. Also, something as well, um, I know that a lot of people may have not mentioned this, but I want to know how much playing time Isaiah Hodgins gets. Uh, that is the waiver wire claim from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick, I think, two years ago, and he's been on the practice squad ever since. Uh, he's a taller receiver. I think he's like a chub, not a chubbier. That's a little... Little harsh there, um, kind of a chunkier type. Colin Johnson, he's got the tall frame. Also, another name to mention, and you know they really haven't called him up or activated him. Um, Trenton Thompson, you know he is a very good run defender, so they could use him for this week. But uh, just a name we really haven't heard of taking any important practice snaps, so I wouldn't say okay, you know Trenton Thompson's going to be their guy. But once again, it's going to be interesting who they fill. Uh, the two spots with. They could also go with another tight end. Um, Chris Myrick, obviously. Daniel Bellinger's hurt. Tanner Hudson. They could go with Cager again. They could also maybe re sign Austin Allen, which I don't know that's in the cards right now, but definitely could be Cager again. Just thought of that one. He could also be an option in the receiving game. Dalen Jones missed him on that wheel route uh, two weeks ago in, in Seattle. But hey, listen, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, of course. Um, but when we go back to questions to answer, once again, I have a few, uh, other than the two I just asked, can Saquon get over hundred yards after struggling versus Seattle? Um, I think he could, I think he also could get in the 70 range and he could also get, uh, you know, within the 50 range and they could just totally stonewall him and force the giants into a one dimensional offense. Don't really want that. Not necessarily ideal, but it could happen. It could happen um so i think he could honestly get over 100 yards if you ask me right now i think he gets between 70 and 90 is kenny galladay a factor in the game um we have i think seven receivers on the roster i would possibly bet that one of them being inactive it could be isaiah hodgins it could be richie james it could be david sills Um, But Kenny Galladay, I would like him to get at least three catches. I'm not going to lie. Now, obviously, we need some sort of an extension of the passing game. I would like Kenny Galladay involved. You know, a third down and long, uh, one of them longer post routes, I think he's definitely good with. So, you know, hopefully he's a factor in in some way, shape, or form. And also, he is a uh, solid blocker in the running game. So, there's that. How much more does Nick Gates play in Week 10? Um, you know, with Cager not necessarily having the blocking profile, same can be said for Tanner Hudson. I think he plays once again a little bit more of that extra tackle spot. I would personally like him uh, at some point in the season either to start or play along the offensive line because you know extra tackles great, but for a guy who's coming off an injury, you know he kind of needs a test in terms of the offensive line like you're probably not putting him at right tackle but one of those three interior positions i think is definitely possible uh but he does in my opinion play a little bit more in week 10 i don't know how many snaps he got i think he got five snaps against seattle and maybe they'll factor jack anderson in there as well but also you have to uh you have to factor in if you have two offensive linemen as your two extra tackles jumbo tight ends That's going to give away most likely either a max protect or a run. Most likely, run. Uh, The next question before we go to the defense will Daniel Jones achieve over 200 passing yards? Personally, I think this is a defense you need to do it against. Um, Their secondary, in terms of their cornerbacks, is very good, but it's not like they're Dallas's secondary. It's not like they're the Eagles' secondary. I honestly need Daniel Jones to go over 200 yards. If you want to prove something in the second half, start. It on fire here, you know, you could still be a game manager and throw for over 200 yards. And we need to know or at least have the confidence in that, okay, if Saquon's not running well or the offensive line's not blocking well and they're filling the gaps, that we have a solid option in the passing game. And that all starts with the quarterback. So there's that. Uh, can the defense rack up pressure on the interior? I do have a stat thanks to the Giants newspaper podcast, uh, whatever the hell their name is. Um, So, 10 sacks and 48 pressures between Kenyon Green. uh, I think it's Scott Questenberry. There's a David Questenberry. He plays for the Bills. But Scott Questenberry and A.J. Can, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, maybe even Ryder Anderson. Get some pressure. I don't think Jelly's going to get pressure. He's never been that type of guy. I don't think he even has a sack at the NFL level. Um, But also in the running game as well. I mean, they pull Kenyon Green a lot. Um, They pull Tunsell a lot, but it, just speaking in terms of that interior, I think it's going to be the most important because, you know, Titus Howard's at least average. Laramie Tunsell's dominant in left tackle, probably the second, third best left tackle in the league outside of Andrew Thomas. You need to force some pressure up the middle. I think that's going to be one of the most important things. Hang on to Davis Mills, have him throw the ball away, all that other good stuff. And we'll cave on and get another sack. I need to see a little bit more out of him in the second half. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know obviously there's some games where he's been quiet some games where he hasn't been quiet uh, obviously he missed the first few games of the injury I know that the offensive linemen from the other teams have been holding him that's just a pure fact um, but try selling it a little bit more try being just productive a little bit more I mean he is a first round pick so I don't think it's unrealistic. To say, okay, you know, he needs to produce a little bit more in his circumstances that he's facing right now. Um, I don't think that's uncommon and I don't think that's unnecessary to ask. So let's move into keys to win <clears throat> and also uh, prediction at the end. So keys to win, I'm going to say number one's run with Barkley, um, you know, normally, and I'm going to cross into two right now stop Damian Pierce, first of all, I am scared of Damian Pierce to a sense, but I think we could stop him as well, also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they're like 25th in terms of rushing yards per game, so it's not the end-all be-all for them, in terms of production, Um, they lean on it, but doesn't mean you're always productive with it, Uh, so that's two, but one, run with Barkley, I mean, they don't have Too many good linebackers. My Petrie is solid in the running game. Um, You know, the defensive line, not many notable characters other than Jerry Hughes, but I don't know how his run defense is. And they're just not a very good run defense. Uh, They're 32nd. Take advantage. Take advantage. Get creative. Throw into Brita. Throw into Robinson. um, Throw into Richie James if he has hands. So run with Barkley. Just get that running game going and then stop Damian Pierce. And then number three I talked about earlier, you got to get an effective passing game going. I don't care, you know, if Saquon is doing great and he's got over 100 yards in the first half or he's got 10 yards in the first half. The Giants need a passing game to lean on, especially in the second half, but they need it in this game, in my opinion. Yes, their secondary is solid. Their corners are solid. But we got in trouble last game because they pressed our wide receivers. And... Daniel Jones was missing, guys. I thought that was a bit of a step-back game for him. Um, That's not being a good thing. But we have to get an effective passing game going. I am still of the belief, and I subscribe to the theory, that in this day and age of football, passing game gets you a little bit more in terms of success than the running game does. You can only rely on the running game for so long. Um, But it's also nice to have a balance of, okay, you have a solid passing game, and you have a solid running game too so run with Barkley overall just get that running game going stop Damon Pierce and get an effective passing game going and one thing I will add before I go to my prediction is that Davis Mills like other quarterbacks we've seen or at least faced statistically is completing 65.8 percent of his passes with five touchdowns and no picks against the Blitz this season so you know I'm still throwing 100% you know, blitzes, not 100%. But I'm still throwing the amount of blitzes, um, at least if I was the defensive coordinator, I would at any other quarterback that I would throw at Davis Mills. Davis Mills, I'm going to be fair with you guys, is a game manager. He doesn't fucking scare me. Now, if he lights up the defense, I'm going to retract my words and yell and scream and rant because this is a game the Giants should actually win. I'm, pr- I'm going to go right into it. I'm picking the Giants to win this game. This is a game, in my personal opinion, that needs to be a statement game. Um, normally, you would pick, oh, well, they got to win against the Cowboys. That's a statement game. Win against another rival. That's a statement game. You need to win this game by two scores. I'm going to say it right now 10 points, 13 points, 17 points. I don't care. This opponent plays close in the first half. At least, you know, I watched one game closely. That was the Eagle game, Thursday night football. I actually called it. Uh, I was a part of the Dead Red podcast. But my point is you can't be relying on just winning by one score the entire season you got I can't say your ass kicked but you got kicked in the balls a little bit against Seattle when they basically ended the game with a lot of different things and you know you can put your factors in whatever but they won by two scores it's our fucking time to win by two scores Take advantage because Detroit, it's going to be closer than everybody seems or expects it's going to be. Obviously, Dallas is going to be close. It's going to be hard. Same thing with Washington and Philadelphia after that. But, you know, it's somewhat of a favorable schedule in the second half. But at the same time, you have to really play well against some of these lower ranked opponents. Um, The Colts is one you could probably win by two scores because whether you like this Jeff Saturday thing or not, their quarterback is Sam Ellinger. I think that should be easier than some of the games that we're facing, you know, some of the games that we have in these next few games. Next few weeks, I should say. I don't want to say games, you know, two times in a sentence, but this is a game the Giants need to win by two scores. No doubt. And if they don't win by two scores, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be disappointed. You're coming out of a bye. Yes, the Texans on are on extra rest, but you're coming out of a bye. You're a better team than them. You are a better coach than them. Better talent. They have one win on the season, and we have times fucking six of that. Let's go get the seventh win. Like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Um... Apologies for, once again, not having a Texans guest on. It was very hard to find a Texans guest, and really none of them replied to me. We'll be back on schedule, of course, uh, with the podcast now that the bye week is gone. Same thing can be said in terms of getting interviews. So Next week, I'll be back on uh, with a Lions reporter or a Lions you know, journalist, blogger, whatever, uh, so we can get the full scoop on the Lions and stuff like that. Appreciate y'all for coming out. Let's go get us a big blue win on Sunday against the Texans. Glad Giants football is back after a week off. Peace out. See you later. Stay cool. And let's go big blue.